Hello everybody and welcome back to Pit Shack Podcast episode number 38. We are sponsored by... <laughs> 37. I thought it was 38. 37. <laughs> it's episode, been too long. Episode 37. Uh, sponsored by Sharp's Fabrication Station. Uh, Riley Sharp, he's done a lot of different work on a lot of different things. Uh, works on vehicles, builds fire pits, any kind of fabrication work. He's a... Uh, Slick with go-kart stuff. He can make nothing out of some, or make something out of nothing. Um, we've seen him do it more than once, just on the fly, and then he can he can definitely make you what you're looking for. Allen Auto Sports, Scotty Allen, Urbana, Missouri. Uh, builds stock cars, B mods, do repair work on any kind of race car, um, any kind of tech questions, parts, sales. He's your man to get a hold of. Uh, check him out on Facebook. Phone number and everything's on there. Um, Trevor Drake, Dick Sticks by Drake, works on all kinds of shocks, but we made it. He already made it clear he's not cheating up your cash money shocks. <laughs> the new ones that are coming out. Nope. But he can work on the rest of your stuff. And we got anybody else? Austin Johnson. Austin Johnson. Designs. Yep. Oz Designs. He made this Pit Shack logo. He's done some work for Dan Robinson here recently, doing some logos for him. Um, does all of our race car stuff. He's been working on some race car and go-kart stuff for us some t-shirt designs for us um recently got a press so he can do t-shirts in-house now so a lot of stuff going on with him and then he pairs up on the graphics side with dustin mooneyham most of the time but not limited to with super moon graphics as well so if you can use austin for anything please do does good work good friend of ours so we'll get to it after i butchered the start for the very 30th time the 37th time we went through this too All right, let's pull up the episode number and make sure we know what we got here and i'm looking at the screen that says episode 36 is previous <laughs> and rattle off a of 37 but it's been that was august 25th it does feel like that long ago because we kind of did that one on a whim that night yeah and today yeah, here we are There's a lot going on in the racing world the past couple of days locally and nationally, and then there's been a lot of stuff happened since August. Um, race Super Nationals, race USRA Nationals, Power Eye Nationals. We've been to the Spooker. Uh, been a lot of conflict and nationally and locally in between. The Dome happened, PRI happened. A lot of uh, a lot of good stuff going on. Do you mind quit? Yeah, shut up. Trevor's having technical difficulties here. So Dome was most recent. Um, you're back. It's back on. Dome was most recent. Uh, Saturday night, it seemed like it was a little one lane-ish on Saturday around the top, which was okay, but then you had to cowboy it up to make it happen, which made things exciting. And it had a little chop in it, nothing like usual. Um, Shepard is the best at keeping a spoiler on his race car. And Ricky Thornton's the baddest man on the planet. You could tell Ricky was just kind of riding for the first 28 laps and then 12 to go it's like all right i gotta quit messing around here and just yep. he knocked two seconds off in a lap and a half it was unreal when he slid moran that you could tell it was obviously go time because he's not that way despite what simpson says so simpson's, simpson's a, a crybaby crybaby over that situation i mean ricky did press him but i i don't there's definitely been worse stuff happen there's been worse stuff happen in that building and they, a lot of guys dub it like oh it's the dome it's the dome but that one wasn't a, that wasn't that bad. Um, I get it though. 
Like you get somebody slide across your nose and you can't turn under them and you're just kind of stuck. You just think, like, shit. But it wasn't nothing to get mad at. And the interesting part about that, I thought, was he said, I don't care whose name is on the side of their car. I reckon him. he was talking about Hoker Trucking. And that's kind of bold <laughs> to call out um, a large sponsor like that because that puts your sponsor in a, a unique position to where He's got to sit them both down, I would imagine, and tell them, look, you're going to have to cut it out because you're making this look bad. It's probably going to be uh, your cut out at that yeah. point. I thought that was pretty interesting that he did that. As heat of the moment, you can tell somebody hollered at him, and he he had a like a snap reaction. Look, we've all had. And you could t- Whatever that person said really irked Simpson's nerves, but I did think that was interesting. But Ricky slid him and drove out of his life. Um that should have been enough. To yeah, it wasn't like slide him and then he's in the way, can't just can't get around him. But Ricky just gapped him. It's just ridiculous, took off. Ridiculous how versatile he can be as far as racing in slick, be the man. When elbows up, he's the man. Like some people are, you know, they're throttle guys in the mud, and some people are good in the slick. Late model guys are fairly universal, but Ricky's like. Mostly universal. I mean, he can get it on, then hop well, in the modified and, and never skip a beat. I mean, I think we saw that this year, the amount of races he won on vastly different racetracks. Yeah, yeah, any any kind of racetrack. It wasn't just one specific style. Half-mile stuff he seemed to excel on. Yeah. Like, he can hold his speed pretty good. But his, his stuff is really good right now, too. But um, Shepard didn't make a mistake. He kept his race car in one piece on Saturday's feature, and I don't know how you can dislike Brandon Shepard. It's like the almost like the un, just a hero of the For dome. Sure. Like it, it was popular win. He gets out, does his thing, drives the shit out of a car, but you never hear a cross word come out of his mouth. I feel like he was a little, a little more excited over that one than I've seen him even at like PCD a couple of years ago because. That was probably the longest interview I've ever seen him give in Victory Lane. Yeah, he's pretty pumped. That that race seems to mean a lot more and more to people. It's like it, it gained right off the bat. It had popularity, and then it seemed like it may have lost a little traction, maybe. But now it's like they're they're rocked out. They're sold out. People are pumped up on it, and it seems like they've got the racetrack a little more in their hands, where they can manipulate it, and make it how they want it. But I thought I heard something about they got insurance like laxed a little bit so they're able to do a little more with the racetrack but that may be i may be making that up but the racetrack was definitely better this year than it's ever been and yeah I, I mean i don't know if it's true or not but everybody posts stuff every year saying next year's the last year yeah. just because the yeah. dome doesn't like cleaning it up i'd hate to see it go because they put on some fantastic races yeah. the last couple of years have been phenomenal i know supercross and monster trucks aren't the same deal but they nasty a place up too yeah. So, I don't know. And there's more coverage on the floor for the Supercross races than there is the Dome race. And then I don't know what the Monster Truck stuff would be like in there, but I don't know. And then they have the like wrestling matches and stuff in there, so that's a yeah. I don't, people, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's not it's, the Raptors aren't getting on nasty in wrestling match, but there's a lot of Mountain Dew cans and shit. In <laughs> <laughs> so Dome was good. Um, Drake Troutman surprisingly so I say surprisingly he's really picked it up the last couple of years but he was he was fast and I thought Ricky was gonna be able to do something but he may have been waiting to turn the wick up until he had trouble but Troutman was 
seen Ricky and didn't fudge, and then Mike Harrison and he didn't fudge. And you got to imagine if you see Mike Harrison, you can expect to get some sort of badass slide job because that guy's crazy. But, I mean, the, that the mod race kind of reminds me though. Like, would you like if you're going up there? Would you run a carbon fiber drive shaft? I feel like if I was going up to that place, knowing how rough it gets, I'd run a steel, taking the risk of cutting something if the U joint breaks. But yeah. I feel like a you're better off to run a steel drive shaft on something like I that. I think so too. I don't, did he tear the drive line in half, or did he break a U joint? I thought they said he broke the drive shaft I itself. See. Yeah, the steel steel one would probably be good, or a, not a lightened version of the modified one. Like get yeah. a full a full carbon, but get you a good one from uh, Pat Fast Chefs. Yeah, yeah, get you one from Fast Chefs. That'd be good because yeah. there was some other stuff breaking up there over the weekend. Pat. Hmm pretty proud but uh there's a lot of weird stuff that breaks up there too though there's a lot of stress and a lot of gear so a lot of torque whenever those cars jump probably i'd say more torque getting dwelled on the wheels when they're bouncing yeah. than typical and i oh, mean like you see them slide off in there and the ball joints and stuff whenever they're the wheels are dead straight and they make a jump in the air and land it's like I don't. That stuff is tough. You see the sidewall flex all the way over the, the upper ball joint, but yeah, yeah. I don't know how it doesn't bust any you of those half-inch bolts. You think break or bolts would break or something, but they keep on trucking. We watch people this summer race on a rough racetrack, and I was thinking, oh, man, the next day, next time they race, they're going to have trouble. And Chad Wheeler was one of them. He broke a lower ball joint at Salina coming from the back. But these guys at the Dome, they got all winter to fix their stuff, and I think they're kind of selecting modified guys to come up there that all have similar mindsets like they're good racers but i think they all have the same mindset when they get up there now that it's gonna it's gonna happen and the crazier they are on the mic or in the race cars promoted so they kind of yeah. lay it all out there do you do you think they need to go invite only route for the late models mm, they got to pay the bills so yeah, from fan standpoint, for sure. But they gotta pay the bills. They gotta. Yeah. They they have to do that. So, I know there's some people up there that are wild, but I guess who's to say they're not deserving? So, you could see Austin Bracera was wild as shit on Friday. I've Cra never seen him crash crash more times than he has. And he's one of the baddest dudes we know. And he just had a bad night and brought out all kinds of cautions. So maybe that I don't know. They gotta pay the late model bill. Pay the fans are paying. A lot of that, but God knows what that building costs to rent. Take but, care of that event. Like my thought is, so you you limit the late model entries to a select amount or whatever, and then the past couple of years it seemed that day one racetrack smooth, glass slick. Bring the midgets back day one because I the midgets there were badass. Badass, yeah, and they got the racetrack now where the opening on coming out of two is straight now instead of tapered off. So I think it promotes the midget racing being better. And the timeline hurts that, though, because Turkey Night. Yeah. And then Aventura and then Chili Bowl people are settling in. And then DeCoin was this past weekend, so there are some people going to DeCoin that would be at the Dome. So. Then, I mean, I a lot of those, the younger kids, they're running the shootout. Shootout starts in 13 days here. Yeah, I don't think the kids or, go don't think the kids care it's just getting the rides i mean those kids got some coin though well i mean you've got the i feel like the teams that would go now like maybe boat and keith coons they've got they've got micro teams that's so true yeah. they're not 
I feel like they're going to focus more on the shootout than they would the dome. They said that about Ventura a couple years ago. It's why they didn't go. It's because it interrupted their prep time. But I don't know what they have to do to manipulate that. Pay better or I, I don't know. Because you, if you get Keith Coons to show up, then you're going to get your NOS guys. You're going to get your boats. Yeah. Because that, that's just kind of how it goes. Or maybe if the boats go, then the other people follow. They'll, like, they'll send some of their studs in a couple of their their lower level cars but i don't really know but the midget race was badass jonathan beeson single-handedly stole the show when he did when he was up there racing and whenever bell and larson and them guys were racing a couple years back it was really rough and i don't think they were super crazy about it but when beeson won he just threw a sack out and let it happen and i think all of them are capable of that for sure but, but I, I mainly i'm just talking about beeson Shut off again? Yeah. Is it beeping? Yeah, it beeps right before it shuts off. Oh, Trevor's mic keeps on shutting off. It's picking up input. I don't know why, but now they turn it back on. But Anyways, yeah, Beeson's just was a stud. Like that was the highlight of the midgets, and that's that's really why I want to see him back. You think that with the promotion of like tr show your colors, you think that some people overdo it? Like there's some guys that are down there that aren't gonna get too jonesed up but then there's some guys who have uh i don't i don't know i don't really like kyle stephens is who i'm thinking about i got a chip on his shoulder act but there's nothing to really be too butthurt about on saturday but i think he kind of like and i think gordy that two years ago um he was like acting like he's gonna fight that big ass dude on the front stretch i think that's a little bit of show and i don't know if some people pick up on that or not but it's hard to tell exactly what's going on. We want personality, but we don't want to. You don't want to fake. I, I don't it know. I I see it both sides. I feel like they're that race is starting to mean more, like you're saying. So people really, really want to run it, and they're going to try to show out. But the the people that talk the most on social media, I feel like, are the ones that they interview. So they're they're looking for clickbait. Yeah, that. I don't know, there's a lot to be said about that, but there was a lot of good stuff, though, too. You hear people cuss that you don't really hear cuss, and it kind of surprises you, or you hear people say stuff that gets you pumped, and then you got Jacob McGee, who just was the, was not, like, spazzing out, but you could tell he was jacked when he made it in. He asked if he's going to go out and put a show on tonight, and McGee said, you're damn right. Like, <laughs> you could tell he meant it. I mean... He honestly, he put on a show to get in. Yeah, he did. Was, me and Trevor were talking, we were watching it. He did exactly what we all said we would do, but wouldn't. Like, you get a chance to win. He was in the, the last, last race. Uh, if you win, you're into the show. And going off in a three and four, he had an opening and he had a right front. And he ran in there. He didn't cow kill the guy, but he definitely he, ran in there and got him some. And, and He definitely moved him with intent. Yeah, right? he, he won the race. And everybody in the world watching those races watching your buddy run second they got a shot to get in and you watch him slide off in the corner and not try and do anything with him you're all you're all thinking the same thing like if i was him i would have jumped him well, well i mean you said uh when we were at the spooker that i mean after i had went to the back after i spun out on my own which we'll just leave that at that <laughs> <laughs> that i mean i was i was one out coming to the checkered and you honestly thought i was going to move the guy but mm-hmm off of two, I had full intentions of making him 007,000. Yeah. But getting into three, I, I couldn't do it. But I was it was kind of cool to see somebody actually 
do what we all say we would do. Yeah, on a weekly show and stuff, I don't think you ought to be doing all that because <laughs> you live <laughs> to fight another day, kind of thing. But uh, I guess I guess do what you want to do. We ran a weekly show at Lake Ozark. It wasn't a weekly show, but I got darted like that on last lap. And, well, yeah, it wasn't a weekly yeah, show. It wasn't a weekly show, but either way, we live fight. We still live to fight another day because we were going to race again. But Jacob McGee and that guy probably weren't going to see each other for one more year. And the chances of them lining up in that situation again are probably pretty thin. So McGee did his thing. He's from Caney too, so that was pretty dope. See somebody that we knew personally get in and and get some. Kylan Garner had a good showing too. He's uh, from closer than McGee is. He was running third, trying to pass it on second in the B, right? Yeah. Got together with the guy in second and did a little Dido, but he had good speed before that. So a couple late model guys from our direction did pretty good. I don't know. We didn't really have any modified guys from around here. Not really, no. Nobody, really. Yeah. Huh. I didn't really think about it. We didn't have a whole lot of anyone from around here. But either way, modified races were good, as good or better than the modified stuff, or than the late model stuff all weekend, I thought. Mm-hmm. So one more thing to cover on the dome and move on. Everybody else pretty much addressed it, but I think Fager maybe overreacted a little bit, too. But he was reacting from the driver's seat, but then he stuck to his guns afterwards and then continued it on for two more days on his interviews and on his Facebook posts when he should have just let it go. Yeah, but, I felt like the Facebook deal was a little overkill. Um, yeah, he, he just let it go and, reacted out of the driver's seat based off what he felt, and he thought he was done wrong. We've all done that, and then watched the video and think, ooh, that probably wasn't the right move. And Josevar was sticking it in there, but who wouldn't? Well, I mean... We all do it on every double file restart. If the leader's leaving it, you try to fill it just enough to where you're at his quarter panel up off the corner to yeah. where you can make a move down the front straightaway, whether you're just going to follow him when he floats or if you're going to try to turn and cut and make something happen. Either that or you're st- at least you're going to try and cheat a couple foot out of your restart. So if they start before you do, like you don't time it, then you've already got a little bit of gap in there. And he had... He was next, kind of like poking his nose out, and he timed it well. Yeah. And Fager turned down. I've seen people bitching about that. Everybody in the whole world turns down unless you're Kyle Larson, and he can restart on the on the berm and, well, and do his thing. And we, I've tried that, and it didn't work. But um, no, I mean, it's this is one of those deals that sucked. To There's, turn down the hill, though, I mean, they they added more banking to the racetrack this year. And you got to use the banking to your advantage. Yeah, you to, turn, get, to get the load to get the traction. And you turn down the hill to get traction and take off, but you also do that to close the lane up mm-hmm. for a guy getting a better start than you. I've seen people's noses when I'm leading a race on a restart and turn down the hill, and then you just got to keep on trucking. That's just how, <laughs> how it's going to be. You look left and be like, I hope you don't hit the tire or hit the brakes. Yeah, or hit me. <laughs> like, well, it, okay. So I don't know. The host of ours notoriously rough in the NASCAR ranks, so. So that didn't give him much credit for the people that know about that, but Fager said he didn't know anything about it. But That's because that truck race at Phoenix, that dummy. Yeah. That dude, they got together early in the race, and then later in the race, Kosovar just dumped him and then got on the radio and was like, tell me what I did wrong. Like, <laughs> we all seen it. He just crashed that guy. Yeah, he crashed the guy that was leading the championship, and then that guy waits on him and crashes yeah. him and thinks he didn't, do any, didn't deserve it. Yeah, he couldn't. Yeah, he just couldn't believe that that guy got him back. So... Uh, I don't know. So, cash money is. We talked about this last time we were on here about 
what's the state of cash money and how are things looking and Isaac Keeper and oh my god anyways it Glenn changed Powell. Glenn Powell uh, Glenn Powell Isaac Keeper are man in the ship now and they have acquired cash money and they made one shock change to give a little bit better aluminum bodied shock that you can valve how you would like that's still racer friendly as far as money goes um, and they are shocks that you're going to be able to take apart if there's any suspected foul play to check on the internals and then I guess from the way I read is they're going to be serial numbered and stuff so you yeah. have a shock attached to your name the way I understand it so the shock like AFCO and I know Kaiser does it too the the rod guides on these shocks have serial numbers on them and that's I that's what I use to keep track of all of my stuff. I'll write the serial number down from the rod cap and know what valving I put in that shock. Um, so they're, the way I read it was Cash Money's going to get a shipment of these shocks and then they're going to say, okay, this shock's the right front. Here, it dynos within spec here. And then if there's any question, they're going to open this thing up and look at the valve stack, see if it's got a bump stop or something in it. And then deem like all right this is not this is not the same shock as we dynoed when yeah. we got this thing so i don't know who the approved dealers are going to be as far as rebuilds and stuff i don't know how they're going to handle that there should, should be what some... i read on there is that it's gonna it's supposed to go through them you're supposed to buy them through them you gotta the buy approved. them purchase them through them but as far as like a revalve or a repair i don't know i would assume it's rex you would, and I would, send it back yeah i would assume so but they're gonna have to have somebody to do that uh, and monitor all that stuff and take care of it that's going to be at the races officiating that or that can vouch for whether something's right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm sure there'll be some stuff confiscated if there's somebody not on hand. Yeah, but, they. I mean, I feel like they need a dyno in their cash money trailer that they take every there, everywhere with them. And they need to be able to, if somebody throws a fit about it, they need to know what that serial number made when it was new. And say, all right, here's what they what they're supposed to have, and they put it on the dyno, and they say, no, it's good, or yeah. no, it's bad. They um, bring the shock dyno with them now, but those the shocks that they use right now have so much variance in them that it seems like they pump them, and they're like, well, okay. But, and, but that that's where the serial number portion comes into play, and I think that's a really really good idea to police it because, like you you led this thing off, I. I know there might be a couple, three people that'll probably reach out, and I'm not going to be a part of trying to cheat that deal up because I'm glad you guys are finally being able to run a good shock, and I don't, I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to run it for you guys. Yeah. Or everybody else. And you're going to get in trouble at some point. Like if one guy's running 10th one week and shows up the next week and second, all of a sudden you're like, well, something happened. Right, let's take a look at these shocks, and they find out, and you're going to get your ass in trouble. But yeah. And, Racers are racers. They're going to do what they're going to do. But you guys are that would want to do that with that particular series. Go run something else. Um, that's not what that's all about. They're trying to save you, save money, run tires that last forever with cheap shocks, and go from there. But if you want to cheat your shocks up and spend that money, go run ULMA or something. If you want better stuff, go run something else. Stop complaining about the shock. We all know they they're not good. They're getting better now, which is good news. I seen somebody complaining about that on Facebook already, saying driving the cost. And Greg Petrowski had a really good reply on that. You can get on his page and and see 
saying that there's people buying several of one corner of shock of what they have right now to find one that is that looks the best or works the best. So those shocks are what, 80 bucks a piece or something. Uh, yeah, they're like $80, $90 a piece. So if you're buying five shocks at $80 a piece or you're buying these that you can revalve on your own for $160, um, well, sounds like a no-brainer to me. And the, the sealed shocks are they're cheap, but they're mass-produced, and they're very... They're just they're inconsistent because mm-hmm. there's not really there's just a range of tolerance for them. Yep. So if they're within 50 to 75 pounds of quote unquote let's say a, a three three, then perfect they go right out the door. Yeah. And that's not going to be the case with a better with a better shock. And if it if it does go lame and the oil starts to go bad after 20 nights, send it to somebody that can freshen it, put new seals in it, and that's going to cost half of what it would be to buy one of those sealed shocks. Yep. And away you go. We had um, high mins and stuff breaking on those cheap shocks anyways. I'm sure these are going to be a little more a little more durable. It's going to save money overall, and it's going to, I think, better the product overall. You're going to have cars that are going to be probably slightly easier to drive, and yep. they're going to look better. For an on-track product, you're going to be able to not have the erraticness that these cheap oil shocks create. So you'll have some consistency in your program, and I think you'll be able to you see better racing, you'll see, I think you'll see guys get quicker from not having something that's erratic and something that you can predict. And, like, there's a, the top five guys or whatever that have their stuff down, but then there's some of them that are wild. I know the car, the couple cars that I drove, they're a handful, and it's hard to drive. And that's this is just going to help that out. So, Well, I mean, you know as well as I do. Like, you can, you can run a shock for 10 or 12 nights, and on night 13 if for no suspected reason on lap eight it just it goes to shit comes mm-hmm. apart and you'll have more consistency and you'll be able to actually go fix it and know that what it's supposed to be with these better ones yeah you being the shock guy you had an internal piece on one of your shocks break over the summer for no reason yeah and like i had a right rear shock that uh, the top of the piston for whatever reason it it broke like the shim inside of it just it broke. I have no idea why, but I just all I knew is the car started laying over on the right rear. Ryan gives me hell and says I wear my dyno out, just dyno on the he things. He pumps shocks week. up every week. He'll just take them off his car and <laughs> put them back on his car again. But I knew something was wrong, so I took all four of them off there and threw it on the dyno. And I mean, sure enough, the right rear was was bad. I mean, it made 25 pounds at 10 inches. So yeah. It was basically the rod was just moving through the wheel was the only resistance. And you had raced raced a Monet. And it, it wasn't rough, it was choppy, but you, you didn't race on anything rough all year. No. And it just happened. And I, we've all had it happen, so, yeah, late model, cash money, guys. I think that's going to be something you can rejoice on and be happy about in the long run. That's their major change they said they're making right now. I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. I haven't heard anything. I'd imagine the tires will stay the same. I don't know why they wouldn't because they're awesome. And the motor stuff... I think they got a pretty good handle on that. I don't really know the specifics on it, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about the motor side of it. I know everybody complains that somebody spends more than they should, but I mean, if it's within the rules and they're they're not doing anything wrong or they don't get busted with it, then who yeah. cares? I rode a go kart for a guy named Joey Phelps, who had the biggest motor I've ever had on a go kart, and I couldn't get it through Joey's head that the tracks that we were going to that that particular motor was too fast <laughs> was that a carthage 
uh, Carthage, Indoor Nationals, Humansville. Yeah. It was too much for what we were trying to do, but he liked it. And there's guys out there that like it. They want big hogs. And they'll just deem it that their car doesn't have traction. Well, you got a, the biggest motor you can put between the frame rails. That shit's going to happen. So, yeah, <laughs> some people just want big motors. They're going to spend what they're going to spend. That's cool. So, if he passes you down a straightaway early in the night, just know later on in the night, you're probably going to pass him back. So, <laughs> that, that go-kart was stupid fast. It didn't have enough brakes. And those late models got good brakes, but sometimes you don't even go fast enough to need brakes if your motor's spinning your tires. Yeah. Uh, the Midwest, Midwest mods are getting spoilers. The, the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know who the heck come up with that deal, but they're getting a two-inch blade which I don't understand. They're getting asphalt takeoffs as an option, but I don't know that that's going to be the way to go. Um, it's going to save somebody that's just going to have fun. It's going to save them money for sure, but it's the people that are running them are going to be at a strong disadvantage from the people that are just spending astronomical amounts of money on a glorified B-Mod at this point. Yeah, I don't know. that. It's like IMCA Sport Mod. I don't understand. Why would you put the modified with the least amount of motor with the biggest spoiler? Like, why would you even give the Midwest God Mod guys a spoiler at all? I don't... I, has anybody lobbied for that? Have you heard anybody talking about that? Because they did it once at Midway over the summer. And I don't know if that was Midway or if that was Power Eye. I don't know who came up did with that. It. I thought that was wild. Didn't they do it at Jerry's, too? I don't know if they did it at Springfield or not, but... I don't know. Well, it was the outlaw deal. Everybody bolted them on. Yeah, what? what I mean, whatever on that. But I don't think anybody lobbied for spoilers. And like, it's two inches, but that's a, a helpful See, piece. You look at you look at the IMCA world, like the A mod world. The open motors don't have a spoiler, and the crate cars do. And it went to everybody running a crate. That two inch blade at sixty six inches wide makes a huge difference. Yeah. There was a, a Kyle Strickler article a while back where they had his car in a wind tunnel when he's in a modified saying like for every inch of spoiler adds X amount of downforce to your deck. Yeah. And then you add the spoiler sides on open sail panel. You're just kind of brigading that air into onto that blade. It ain't going to make a gigantic difference, but it's definitely going to make these cars tighter getting in the corner. Um, we ran USRA alternative rules. Um, I think a three-inch spoiler when you run up against the Iowa cars with, like, the MCA and stuff. And when I came home, I was, like, free as shit on entry, I thought, because I had gotten used to having that three-inch blade on the back of my car. So the first time I'm hot-rodding down the backstretch at Wheatland and turn off into three and four, it was, like, stepped out on me. I'm like, what the hell? But it was because I got used to having that blade on the back of it holding my car. So it makes a difference, but the, the thing that they need to work on on the midwest mod stuff locally more than anything is the tires mm -hmm. there's so many people out there rubbing rubbing the goat peas and the greens and the whatever else shit you're gonna rub into treads and everybody who does it of that and everybody knows it and Every, they're not you, doing anything about it that's you, the that's the number one problem with the midwest mods you can be right like everybody who thinks that or everybody who is doing it and if you're listening to this we all know because you can be riding through the pits on a foiler or walking through there, and when you're grinding tires, you can smell it from 50 to 100 foot away. So you're not being sneaky trying to do it. You can smell it, and when you're on the racetrack and your tires look a lot cleaner than the other tires that are around you, that's kind of a funny look, too. 
but nothing's being done about it, so I guess pour it on. I, but that's the that's the part that needs to be addressed is the tire stuff. It's going on everywhere. The pure stocks have a real problem with it too. But the Midwest mods seem to get a lot of focus, and we need to work on some tires. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I I don't know. There's there's so many people that like this year you can just you can smell it when they unload their car or like everybody always said that the tire wrap was a sign of doping tires no and that's, that's the tire wrap is to hold the the oil the natural oils in the rubber in the tire because you want to come home during the week your first thing you can do in like when you're washing your cars the tires that you plan on running the following week or if you have tires that are still good that you're going to run whenever you want to clean them up because dirt's going to dry them out so you think the national guys yeah the national guys are running around with like all their stuff doped up 24 7 in their trailers like they they grind them they make sure they're clean when they put their wrap on them that does, i'm not saying it doesn't mean that they're not doing it but that's that's why a lot of people wrap them up and then there's some of them that just looks cool so they do it however they see fit but um i don't know that the spoiler is something that needs to be took care of. I think it's some tires, but for races that pay $200 to win or whatever, I'm not really sure that you're going to want to send stuff off to the Blue Ridge or there's another place in Ohio um, or whoever, the, whoever does tires. But it well, would maybe make a point, though, that if the racetrack coughed up a couple dollars to hold someone accountable and like, hey, we will do this, then... It gets addressed. So well, and I think, like, you and I know it's an issue. I there needs to be something wrote in the rules. Like USRA's new rules has a whole protest section now. I I feel like if you if you think you're being cheated, then you pay fifty seventy five dollars or whatever, and protest somebody one yeah. time. And if they come back, then eat crow and say, yeah, I was wrong. You're just way better than I am. Yeah. Yeah, and if you were right, then get your money back. Yes. Or something. I, agree. I mean, get a pat on the back. I don't know. <laughs> but nobody wants to be a snitch, but at the same time, you damn sure aren't going to want to get out ran by something that you know is is not right. And it's glorifying some people. You got your beer upside down, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I, got, I get fired up every time I think about the tire stuff in the Midwest Mod, because I'll pop in every now and again and see some Midwest Mod races and just get completely irritated with what's going on with that. We'll check yeah, in. Just... Uh, B mods. We're getting uns. You can unseal a crate motor now and refresh and and tolerance basically with USRA. Um, that opens the the you're gonna cheat up a crate motor thing, but we got guys cheating up other motors too. So. What difference does it make if this if a crate motor seal or not? A crate motor hasn't been doing good around here in a long time, so apparently you can get away with cheating on a motor for quite a while. So if you guys are going to do your crate motors, you got at least three years to, before you get caught. <laughs> so I don't that that doesn't mean shit to me. Um, I don't think it's going to make crate motors come back because they still have a, a tolerance that they have to abide by. So there's been guys for since the inception of the crate motor stuff that like the IMCA thing it was a, it was popular for a while to accidentally drop a valve and take it back and have it rebuilt and be toleranced out to the max of the rules still legal but you're paying extra money to have your stuff toleranced um, 
some 602s around here back in the 2014, 15, 16 range. There was some tolerance 602s out here that I believe were legal, but they, they ran like they should have if they were maxed out. So I don't think that's going to do anything. There was talks last year that they were possibly going to give them methanol, and I think that that died. Um, that's not going to solve anything because if they give them methanol and, like, IMCA doesn't allow top lube, so mm. if you don't run top lube gonna, on a steel head like that, you're it's not going to go well. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to do a whole lot of anything, if you ask me. They'll make – I mean, that methanol will make probably 15 to 20 horsepower. Oh, the methanol will make power for sure, but I'm saying, like, the un, unsealed version of a crate motor. Like, if they're still checking – cam lift and compression they're scoping them and they and if there's any indication that you're cheating they're supposed to be taking them apart then it is what it is um there's been uh, in the history of crate motor stuff there's always been a lot of suspicion that this guy won with a crate motor and there's no way because the truck motors are cheating and it's been a thing since since they started but so. i mean you drove one you know the crate motors are very smooth mm -hmm. the that vortex head on them is just so smooth up off the corner that's the majority of the time where you beat people but the motor builders now have worked on their cam program they've they worked on their whole motor program and it's come to shine and with what we've got going on with the suspension on these cars we've just kind of worked toward towards where you need that more horsepower yeah but crate motors stayed the same while everyone else has vamped up and found more ways to get air in their motors and that's the bottom line. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but an engine is just a glorified air pump is all it is. Yeah, and some people can pump a lot more air in their motors than others, but... Yeah, well, shit disappears when that happens. It's crazy stuff. But... <laughs> so, that I think that's, a, that's about it for rule stuff. We just was looking before we... I think that's about it. I'm sure somebody's going to say, what about X? But we... Before we started, seeing that uh, is MD3 mm -hmm. came out with the plastic nose kit. For me, that's good because I tore off four of them, five of them this year. Uh, hit you hit two uke tires. So uh, two of them are your fault. Two, well, they're all my fault, but <laughs> two of them was somebody said they're assault tires. Mm -hmm. And then the racetracks, some of them like Monet, I tore off a nose two two times. I was there. Hit a uke tire at Arrowhead, like head on, and then at you Wheat hit that one at Wheatland, at Wheatland with the right front tire. Really hit it head on. I don't know what I was doing. I was trying to slide Turner on the last lap, and <laughs> I drove directly into the tire and, and did a 360. I just hope I don't have that problem next year. So I think the plastic noses, um, that's cool. Trevor said he didn't, he wouldn't run them. I'd run the lower piece, I think. Because that, that's the—that's what always got my stuff all jacked up was the lower piece touching the racetrack. Catch a bounce or something or just mud clawed and it just knock it down. But I had like an extensive amount of trouble with that. No one else did, so it may just have been me. Well, they make these great things that you can buy at Lowe's. They uh, they cut the sheet metal off where it doesn't get in the ground. Dude, mine was bumper level. <laughs> mine was bumper level the last time, and it, it still tore the son of a bitch off. I don't know what happened, but I hit the brakes too hard or something. I don't. I don't know, but it's aggravating. So I I hit that one arrowhead, and I fixed it that night, and then I hit it again in the feature, 
So I come home the next day and I had a spare one out front. Like right on. So I bolted that baby on. I'm not I'm not fixing this other one. Go to Wheatland that night and drive right into a Uke tire. That was three noses in one weekend. <laughs> three bumpers, three noses. So It's a good thing we know Doug Bragg. Yeah, Doug hooked us up on some front bumpers and Scotty and Scotty Allen, J C Newell, they can bust out a nose in no time. So and then Dakota Lolo me one also one. <laughs> it's bad news. I was running into shit left and right. Or running the tires left and right, not your car, but tires. Shit. Oh, I don't think we should get in that just yet. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything? Anything come to mind right off the bat? No, I mean, from the last time we did this till the end of the year, uh, obviously I've been over here and it's been mildly infuriating being the slowest car in the garage i'll just say that <laughs> <laughs> i've been trying to tell trevor like hey man let's try this i'm doing it on my car and he's like no 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 mark noble did this in 87 750 pound right front spring 850 pound left front spring <laughs> mark noble won a couple races like that so finally he changed it and was good at turkey bowl and i i don't know about next year but it's going to be better for the both of us. going to race a lot more. Quit being a sissy. I'm going to get to drive uh, John Yeoman's A-Mod next year. He's got a Mullins car, so I'm going to do that. Hopefully get to do some uh, American Modified Tour racing. That's like a regional modified series, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma. That's been incepted. The inception of it started about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Chesterman leading the charge on that. Kind of heard a little bit of rumblings about it beforehand. Um it's come to fruition. There's some local tracks. Lucas has got a race, Midway, Nevada, Arrowhead. Um, I'm not sure. That's the stuff closest to us, but he said he's going to try and position it to where a guy can run modifieds but not have to travel like on a weekend, like during the week basis. So if we can pop in on like a, wherever on a Friday and Saturday, then go home so you're not stuck out taking days off work or anything because – that's uh, USMTS is great. Those guys race for a living, but they also race a lot. And they've even curbed it too, where they're running l- less travel time. But this is a, I don't know if it's necessarily deemed a feeder series, but it's kind of a feeder series that I think if you're going to run up front, the, it's Heartland American, Heartland modified series. Let me double check here. I said American. Yeah, I think it's Heartland. You're thinking of Heartland modified tour. I'm butchering this bad. But. I think if you're going to run up front with them, because you're going to have the guys that don't race for a living, but that are fast. Like you're going to run up against the Chad Wheeler, yeah, and the Duvals and the Kale Westovers and stuff like that. Whenever you're bouncing around, not to mention the the local fast guys. So I think it's going to be a good opportunity to shape up when USMTS comes to town. You've got a little bit more of a fighting chance to run with those guys because they don't mess up and they they're fast the whole feature. So I think it'd be good. And it's going to help out modified racing because it's kind of dwindled. We've all talked about it for a couple of years. B mods getting more expensive. Catch it up to A mods as far as speed goes, and then the modifieds are just getting very expensive. And there's people getting out of them. I think this had a little bit of incentive for people to keep their four bar cars and go racing for good pay at good racetracks with minimal travel and minimal vacation time having to be taken. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple people message me about about shocks just because there's a couple local tracks like Lakeside Cut A-Mods. So they're going to drop down and 
run B mod just so they can so they can race. Just the A mods are out of hand, so the car count's dwindling. I was wondering what was going on over the summer when Carrick started messing with the B mod. And I know Shadron is basically his son-in-law, but I was wondering what was going on with that. Maybe he had some insight, maybe not. But yeah, Lakeside cut A mods this year, and that's a big deal. No USMTS races scheduled up there, no modifieds, and they have been like pretty loud and proud of the modified place for a yep. while. So them cutting it, it, that certainly is a sign of the times about like every other expensive piece that we mess with, but... Yeah, that's a bummer. So there's another Kansas City car that's been up there for a long time. Runs Lakeside Warrensburg. That's getting a B mod. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna that changes the complexion of the A mod stuff a little bit. But this Heartland Tours come around at a good time for the guys that were not sure, didn't want to go B mod racing, or thought about getting out of it. And it's good for me because I waste my vacation days anyways. So if I can do some weekend races and not have to burn my days to go run last then I'm good with that so run last my ass the A mod's different deal I'm getting a little out of hand with them every now and again just almost made super nationals though that was cool had a good run up there and the last chance race awesome so proud of you shit come apart but made it all the way to the last chance race I think that's a big goal for super nationals guys like you want to make the race but if you can race on saturday if you're seated high enough to race on saturday that means you've had a fairly good week and we had a pretty good week made two out of the three features went forward raced with some good stuff and saturday just didn't pan out like it should have but that was pretty cool got tim love uh tire demon house car that was cool got to drive a skyrocket never drove one of those got to drive a mullins this summer driving all kinds of stuff i never thought i'd get to drive lethal crazy I see these logos and stuff online think, that'd be cool. And I get in it, and I don't know what the hell to do. But <laughs> it was awesome. Um, got to hang out with our Iowa extended family and had a pretty chill week. No injuries. Stayed. No injuries, no drunken accidents. No drunken accidents, no injuries. I minded my own business. I actually came home um, for two days. I raced the Prelude Saturday, and I came home for two days. Responsible adult. <laughs> went to work and everything i didn't even call in well that goes to your vacation days comment you didn't have enough to yeah, go for what you planned out for the rest of the year killed my damn vacation days right off the bat but yeah, supernats was fun hopefully I get to do that again uh looks like clash on the coast is building back up again a lot of a lot of good news coming out of that i think they said they're nearing 100 pre-entries for that um Kenny Wallace is saying he's gonna go that'll create some hype he's kind of his own one-man band in that regard and I think they're skipping one racetrack and going to a different one this year. They're going to Deep South this year. There was one of them that they were not going to get back into. Um, but either way, that was a good deal. That was fun. Nice weather. And you got to, it was a different atmosphere. Nobody knew what they were really getting themselves into when they went down there. There'll be some uh, heavier hitters, no doubt, coming down this year. More of them. I don't say heavier. There was, there was some badasses down there, but there'll be more coming. And, that's going to be a popular event, and it's something cool to watch in the off-season when there's nothing else going on. Um, I don't really know a whole lot of what else is coming up. Some big races scheduled. Uh, the 99 Nationals sold out in like three days, two days. The B-Mod race coming up at Tri-State. Um, there's the information's all laid out on that, but basically the premise of the race is less laps, more money. I think that's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, you're guaranteed 
to make some coin. You're guaranteed to make a feature. There's three features and they're tiered. Um, each race, now, each race pays good. So what? The question: Are you gonna sand, like? You think there'll be guys sandbagging on that deal? Mm. To make a different feature? Probably the smarter guys. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think they, I think if a guy thinks he's not gonna have chance to win the next tier up feature, like if pays five three two, is that how the features go? Five thousand one or one of the features is five thousand. 3,000, 2,000. I may be butchering that. I thought that. it was 6, 4, 2. Either way. Um, so, yeah, there there could be some guys that know where they're at on the racetrack and think, man, I'm not going to run up. I'm not going to start this far back in feature one, or the highest paying feature. So maybe I ought to drag my feet a little bit and start in front of this other one and try to make more coin than I would running 15th in the other one. So uh, The only reason I ask is, like, I have personally done that, mm -hmm. that first West Plains race. Like, we lined up, and I started third in the last chance race. They took three, but it was the very first B, so I knew, like, it's probably going to rubber up. And if you back up and run fourth, you'll be on the pole in mm -hmm. the rubber later. And that paid two grand to win. Or you can start 28th, and you got to get to fourth to get two grand. To make that money, right. Yeah. So I backed up and started on a pole in the rubber and made two grand. I just wonder if... Uh somebody like myself pride would get in the way like i want to make the big big one you know but that's i, I mean i didn't i wanted I, the money to race on right that's what i'm saying that's what, like smart racers and you, you get like ignorant me in the car <laughs> like, I want, i'm gonna try to win everything i get my hands on kind of if i can well i mean there was but, some stuff that played into my decision i i broke a motor the very first qualifying night i didn't run the second qualifying night because i didn't know i was dumb I had no idea. I just thought a racetrack was hooked up, and I was on the floor. <laughs> My dad yeah. got there on Friday, and we started it up, and the cannon went flat, and two cylinders were down. So I had to drive to Joplin to get get her other motor. Yeah, from West Plains. It's yeah. A pretty good ride. So that's going to be a good one. Tri-State's making huge improvements. Um, it recently sold, and Jake Davis has got a hold of it now. And just going – I only got to go down there one time this year, and it was for the Spooker, and – it had already started changing uh, facility-wise. They had done a lot of work on the backstretch. Uh, the backstretch and the fencing in particular, um, It's it, they tidied it up a lot. It looks really nice. And they, we were told that when we come back for 99 Nationals that we're not even going to be able to recognize the place. So Well, it wasn't what, a week after we were down there for the Spooker. They had the whole grandstand store down Yeah, the they press tore, box over there. tore down the building over there. So And that stuff was very old. So, yeah, they're definitely going to be revamping some things i haven't seen much out of them but that, i know they're working um so hopefully they that i don't can't imagine they're going to mess with the racetrack too much because the product's been great recently but the facility is what they're going to vamp so the only request that, i would have is they put some anti-spin out device and i spin yeah 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 we can see what we can talk to them about <laughs> change Tre drivers behind the Trevor car did a dido and one and two so I don't know what the hell he was doing. But uh, that's coming up. World of Outlaws is going to Arrowhead. I'm trying to think of what else. Battle of the Bullring returns. King of America returns. Hoffman's got Hell Tour again this year. Hoffman's got Hell Tour, and he's organizing a body, a big bodied car race at Springfield. Um, going to try to integrate local area, factor stock rules, IMCA, stock car, USRA stock cars. There's going to be some sort of integration there that's going to pay good. 
and I, they race well out there too, so that'll be good. Everybody cusses the integration, and it, they complain and say that somebody's getting screwed. But I will say the the Turkey Bowl A mod this year was really good. Yeah, it was there nice was stuff. a wide variety of cars that made the feature this year. It yeah. wasn't like stacked IMCA or stacked USRA. Yeah, it was you had a pretty mixed bag. Like, Tom Berry was a stud, like we all know he is, but um, you had Tom Berry and Krigler got DQ'd for the wrong tires. But that's interesting too. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> the the next two cars are USRA cars, and I think UMP car was fifth. So I mean, you had a a decent spread, and I mean there was. A lot of, lot of good cars there. Yeah. So Krigler was running IMCA rules, but they, they ground off the Hoosier part, right? I don't know if they ground it off, but I know they were American racers. Yeah, they stenciled. They're American racer, but they were posing as Hoosiers, and um, I think Tommy Boy pointed it out and got them, got them throughout. <laughs> but they ran second. We're like, damn, Sawyer's getting it on. He, like with the IMCA car, he's giving Barry a fit, and t Barry was IMCA. And, yeah, post-race tech found out he had some American racers on that baby. So We were wondering why he didn't start the late model feature, because he was supposed to start decent in it. Was he? Yeah. And then they peeled out? No, he was just stuck in tech. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they won't tech for, tech for tire dope, but they will check your logos on the sidewalls. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to put, like, Unelli or something on the side of mine. Yeah, or you have some Cooper Copers or something. Mm-hmm get a little bit of benefit of a doubt turkey bowl was a big deal a lot of cars there how many like 70 b mods or something like that 66 a bunch of b mods there lots of a mods um and lo and behold these cars are parked beside each other all week and we got to start beside each other in yeah the we're race. working around the same shop our cars are parked next to one another we draw the same heat race start side by side like nice oh. i figured that was gonna be a wreck but we prevailed <laughs> <laughs> no. It wasn't like the first time we raced together. No, we were a lot, a lot easier on one another. It's like talking to Trevor beforehand. I'm like, whoever gets the upper hand on here, probably ought to just leave it at that. We don't need to be trying to kill each other because we're both starting on the front row and it's passing points with like 10 or 12 cars in each heat race. Yeah. And that makes the passing point scale tough. Like, you've got to be a big mover. So we knew we were vulnerable to run a B, um, even winning. So we couldn't be dicking around and crashing each other. So. I won the heat, he ran second, we both still started front row with B. So if we would have done something stupid we would have ruined our weekend. Yeah. So that was nice not to not to mess with that. I'm trying to pop on the face page here and see if we've got anything extra popping up that we need to get a hold of before we wrap this deal out. I know that's pretty cool. I know there's a lot of people wanting to ask about what happened at Lake Ozark, and there's yesterday, which now by when this comes out, it'll be Wednesday. There's some stuff going on on Facebook, but I don't think any. There's some stuff going on, on Facebook about local car builder. You can read into that at the Lake Ozark deal. I don't really think there's a whole lot to talk about, especially now to you. Two months passed by. Yeah, no, I think we just skip it. It is, yeah, it is what it is. So. Uh, only thing I could say is I gave him a big old kiss when he got home. <laughs> yeah, not on the lips. <laughs> but, no homo. Nah, that's a suck deal for everybody. I don't really know if there's a whole lot to talk about on that anymore. I know that, that was a big topic. I couldn't go anywhere without being asked about that. But 
we raced together again the following week, and we didn't try and kill each other. So I think uh, at least now through March, it's all right. <laughs> Who knows what the hell will happen from here on out. But that was a bummer deal. But the craziest thing of the whole thing was there's no cops involved, which I could not believe that I didn't get in trouble that night. But yeah, came no, home. I mean, it was all it, good. I think both of you in the following weeks did did the right thing. I mean, Just by shutting up. Yeah, nobody, nobody that was involved in it said anything. Well, the, everybody else that was involved had something to say, but me and him didn't have anything. Yeah, no, the two main people never said anything. And then the very next week, in that first day, a, the USRA week, Nationals, yeah. you guys are running side by side, no problems. Like that's, that's the way it's supposed to go down. Yeah, it wasn't by design what happened. but And he says it wasn't by design what happened to me, but eh, I guess it happens, right? So... Um, then we raced again, and like I said, at least until March, we know it's all good. But he did gain, uh, J2 did gain a new driver this week, which I thought was totally mind-boggling. Uh, Andy Bryant's coming with J2. and <laughs> Yeah, that that one that one really took me by surprise. Yeah, man, if it, there's a lot of backstory there. Hey. <laughs> yeah, there ain't no point in getting into that either. That's just a whole scenario that yeah. I think – I think he'll be good in it. Uh, oh, he'll be fast I'll, for sure. I think Andy will be good in it. Everybody's seen it. Like Andy's gonna be quick. I just like Mike's Mike's stubborn and Mike likes to do his own thing. I I just wonder what, yeah. if they want if they want to change something and go against the what J two wants to do. I wonder how that's how all that'll play out. I don't know. It depends on who you talk to on how the tech support goes on that anyway. So and. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see how that stuff plays out over the summer. Is all I think everybody's thinking the same thing. But that was so uh, the racing community is like the Irish FBI. Mm-hmm. And we knew we knew about this one a little while back. But what I mean by Irish FBI is Irish get drunk and they tell their secrets, <laughs> and racers cannot keep their mouth shut. So when an Irish guy sits down, drinks whiskey, he spills it all. So CIA agent, agent over there isn't worth a shit, and that's how a racer is with a secret. So we knew it was coming. See, so kind of, I got the head scratcher part out of the way, but when it got announced yesterday, it's like, hmm, okie dokie. So there's some surprise. There's always some of that going around the off season when JC went to Bloodline as a big deal, you know, me popping an Allen as a big deal. So yeah. Who, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, the plan is now. I'll plan next year's to be in an Allen car for myself. Ooh. So, yep. with this, this car that I've got, it's supposed to supposed to leave next week. And um, Bob and I went and talked to Scotty, and I'm I'm really excited to be working out of the same garage with Ryan and be in the same same equipment, quote unquote. <laughs> Don't say that. You sound like Jake Richards. <laughs> Jake Richards is always like, "Oh, we got something different." I don't want to hear that. Quote that every quote. like, just so everybody knows, I look at Ryan's car more than I look at my own. Yeah, Ryan will be in the camper sleeping, and I'm over there building chocks, and it's just me out here in my own little world, my AirPods in, trying to build chocks. Blown away by how little of stuff I change. I changed some things, but it's never wholesale, and Trevor can vouch to that. But anyway. If 90% of the time, he gets this wild idea on about Thursday, and he'll come out here and he'll move something, and then the first thing he does after hot laps is he comes in and takes it off because it wasn't worth the shit. I'm scared. I get worried that I'm going to go slow. 
and that could happen regardless. But Trevor in an Allen car, heard it first. <laughs> uh, I'm that's, sure that's gonna go over good. Well, everybody, bowl. it the <laughs> involved of, parties know. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> the involved parties know. So yeah, that's good. I was gonna allude to that earlier, but I didn't know when it was gonna come out. But uh, Trevor doing that, I'm doing the same thing. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not leaving. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Um, we did get an NB Customs <laughs> on a raffle. Um, Tyler Kidwell, shout out to him for putting. He put his car up on a raffle, and Dennis Choate won it. I couldn't believe that. So Dennis is the luckiest guy I know. It's traded off now, but I couldn't believe that. He called me giggling. He's like, "We got another car." I'm like, what'd you get? Like, NB Customs. Like, <laughs> my God. But two hundred dollars for a full roller, and Kidwell left. Like that car was. It's legit. It wasn't a typical for sale car. Yeah. Like Kidwell left some stuff on there. So for future reference, if you're buying a car off Tyler Kidwell, you're getting what you're told. So he did not, he didn't jack that around. It was a good car. But I don't really know what else we got to roll on here. It's kind of a tidy episode. This one was on the whim. We seemed like there was a little bit of stuff going on in the racing world that we didn't didn't discuss. Like I said, check out some of Wednesday's Facebook product. You will see a little bit of drama. Sturgis Streeter's page and uh, <laughs> Jordan Medley's page. They got a little live action on there. That was kind of some exciting stuff on Facebook. Yeah. Like I'm in the, I'm out in the yard yesterday, peddling around, and I come inside. And I'm getting some dinner, and I'm looking on. I'm sitting in the recliner looking on my Facebook. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Shit was going everywhere all of a sudden. Like everything was all cool. Nobody had been arguing lately. Everybody. I I had seen it on lunch so i'm sitting there eating my lunch and like it had just popped up i was like hmm there's only like three comments on it and i get back home and i pull it back up and it it, it blew up yeah it's exciting so <laughs> i bitch i bitch about that all the time though like it's exciting when it ain't you <laughs> like you can read it and like ooh, but when it's you it's it sucks but uh i don't know when we're gonna do this again trevor i don't know every Depend- time i make empty promises at the end of these episodes most of the time i mean you're you're going to your funeral next next week or well you're getting married next week so yeah we'll be out for that when's the honeymoon uh midsummer sometime oh so so we got a minute we got a little bit but honestly we've been too busy messing with this go-kart track outside to <laughs> sit down yeah, here yeah that's a bullshit new obsession right now we got like probably another five to six weeks i'd say before We'll start really, really booting up on getting race car stuff going again. I mean, we're working on on stuff, but like that's when head down, got to get moving. But right now, piddling with go karts and working on the racetrack. The racetrack stuff's kind of fun. I called Scotty Allen though. I borrowed a tractor. It had a blade on it. And I called Scotty Allen in the middle of it. Like I got to give you guys kudos. Like all of you guys. Like this shit's harder than it looks. Trying to get. Stuff positioned where you want it, get it smooth and all that. So all the track prep workers, even the ones that I hate on the most, it's hard work. <laughs> and they make it look a lot easier than than it really is. Uh, well, they get in a tractor and they can just bust out whatever they're looking for. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, I don't know how hard the water trucks are to drive, but they, I'm sure they're a lot easier than the <laughs> tractors. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the we water got a water are, truck. But... Water truck was pretty damn easy to drive, so... As long as you can hold it up on the bank, they keep on going, I guess. <laughs> well, the one at Tri-State didn't hold it on the bank. Oh, yeah, crashed. the water truck crashed at Tri-State. I forgot about that. 
He slid down the hill backwards, didn't he? Yeah, we were, like I was walking, I was getting ready to go down the hill to go draw, and I hear that water truck, um, 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 dead sideways, and then he gets <laughs> turned back to the wall, and then like I'm looking at the guy in the cab, and he he backs down the hill and smokes the inside wall. Yep, knocked a hole in the back of the tank. They had to weld it. Remember that patch on it the next day? <laughs> yeah, they parked right across from where we were pitted, and we went to go try to watch the races all night and having to walk across a mud hole. muddy as shit. The only good thing about that is the water truck was still leaking, so I was able to fill up our buckets so we can rinse our race car off. <laughs> <laughs> Remember I was riding on the back of it through the pits? Uh-huh. <laughs> the water truck was at one end of the pits, and I needed to get to the other, so I just jumped on the back of it, and I rode the water spigot all the way to our trailer, and that guy didn't even know I was filling up the bucket the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out pretty good, but I think we better call a wraps on this deal. Yeah. So, Pit Shack Podcast number 37. We're call it good. We will be back as soon as we can. Uh, Two-week minimum, I would imagine. Got a wedding to attend, <laughs> so that's going to draw a little bit a little bit of time, taking time out right now from having to do that. This is real important, very pressing that we get this out and Ashley understands. <laughs> so, um, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you can get a hold of Riley Sharp, Sharp's Fabrication Station, uh, Scotty Allen, Allen Auto Sports, Trevor Drake, Dick Sticks by Drake, or Austin Johnson, Oz Designs, please do. I'm longtime supporters of me and the racing community, and they can definitely hook you up. Best bang for your buck. And in the meantime, probably guys, guys work on just getting some of the Midwest Mod tires ready for the season. <laughs> <laughs> build, you gotta just build a hot box and yep, hot box the- and some. Heat guns and I tell you what, instead of me buying a machine to make Bilstein shocks so I can go ahead and do those, I'll just buy a tire sniffer. Yeah, we're going donated to the cause. We're gonna go in the tire roller business. We're gonna start selling hot boxes, boys. You Midwest mods, you wanna go fast? We're gonna build hot boxes. Did you? Oh, I know we're about to end this, but did you see that Krugs had a booth yeah, at the dome? Yeah, the dome. Yeah. That is, they had like yeah. boxes for late model tires. That blew my mind. So people allude to goat pee all the time when they're talking about race car tires because that's just a household tire stuff. There's a gazillion tire things. People using creosote, diesel fuel, and tranny fluid to soften tires. It's all out there. But Krug Green is the on version or on steroids version of goat. And like he had inside, outside prep. He had green up there. He had full-blown race prep. Like, at the dome. Yeah, at the dome, he had rollers for sale with late model tires displayed in them. Yeah, so, which is crazy. We're just advertising it now. Jordan Krug, <laughs> Jordan Krug is like, yeah, man, keep on. I, when I raced go-karts when I was eight, like, the Krugs were, he was the baddest man on the planet in a go-kart, besides Josh Most and Chad Waller. Yeah. He was the baddest man on the planet. He's and, still a coaxer wizard. Yeah. But... Yeah, that was bizarre. There's a lot of crazy shit going on in the racing world. <laughs> that <laughs> That's about like the Davis Technologies booth at PRI. Yep. It's always empty, but you know people walk up Oh, there. it's strange how no one's ever in there. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that is really They catch weird. him at the piano bar at night. Yeah. What do you think about getting that traction thing? <laughs> there, was, there was one of them dropped at Midway two seasons ago that was found on the racetrack. Yeah. I don't know who... I'm not... I'm not alluding to anybody at all, but there was one found at Midway on the racetrack after the races. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's out here. 
It's crazy. But. If your right foot's that bad that you need it in a B mod, just get you a five pound sledgehammer from Harbor Freight, hold it about nipple high, and drop it on your foot so it hurts to put you on the gas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's craziness. I don't know how much is that shit. The last I knew is like thirty five hundred, four thousand dollars. Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous. I'm trying take to take some a... timing out of it and retard the motor a little bit. I'm trying to buy a new racing suit. I'm trying to come up with some coin for that. These people got traction devices the yeah. size of a quarter for 3500 bucks. <laughs> I need tires to start the year in a helmet and they're trying to make their motor go slower. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> While cheating their motor up. <laughs> racers, right? Buying like the midget racers buying titanium bolts and shit and then bolting lead on their car. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any sense at all. So, anyways, check out our supporters, keep an eye on the page. Um Check out mine and Trevor's page for any kind of racing news on us and occasional go-kart videos. And Trevor posts the occasional hateful memes that causes the internet uproar. <laughs> hey, in, in, my, in my defense, I was drunk and you said do it. Well, you asked me. You said, should I? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Anyways, thank you guys for listening and we look forward to hearing from you soon.